Today I want to talk to you about living hope. How can a person have hope in the midst of all that is going on in our world today? I think one of the questions that people are asking is, where is God in all that is going on right now? Is He concerned about what is happening in our world? We have Our schools are closed. Uh, many businesses are closed. Sit-down restaurants are temporarily out of order. The stock market has gone haywire. Uh, churches, buildings are empty on Easter Sunday. So what difference does Easter make in the midst of a pandemic that has disrupted our lives? I think we have some answers in the book of First Peter. Uh, when we think about First Peter, we look at people who were they weren't facing a life-threatening pandemic, but they were facing life-threatening trials to their faith. I think about the background of First Peter, and I think it's very important that we understand the background of what's happening with the people that Peter is writing to, uh, because the, the believers, the Jewish Christians, are facing much persecution for their faith, and some are even paying the ultimate price of losing their lives. At that time, the emperor of Rome was Nero. Nero had Christians wrapped in freshly slaughtered animal skins and fed to dogs and wild animals. He also had other Christians who were dipped in pitch or tar and set them on fire as human torches to light his gardens at night. There were several rounds of persecution that took place under the Roman Empire, and many people believe that Peter died in the first round of persecution himself. These persecutions went on under the Roman Empire for the next 250 years. So Christians were under intense persecution, oppression, discouragement, I'm sure a lot of fear and anxiety about what's going to happen next to them or their family, much like maybe what we're facing today with the pandemic, but in a different way. And so I guess I ask the question, how would you feel if you were to open your newspaper in a couple of days or turn on the television and you see going across the screen or across the front page of the paper that 25 Christians were fed to the dogs this past week. Or another 15 were set on fire and burned to death. What would that do to a community? What would that do to a people? So how are the people in First Peter in Asia Minor... How are they to have hope in the midst of all they were going through? And a more important question for us today is, how are we to have hope in the midst of all that we are going through? And I think Peter gives us the answer in the opening pages, and I'm so glad he does. In the opening words of his letter to the Jewish Christians, because, you know, when people are under that kind of intense stress and pressure. You don't want to find out, how do I get hope at the, on the 400th page in the last paragraph? You needed it in the beginning. 
And Peter understood that, so at the beginning of his letter, he addresses that. And he really tells us what is the bedrock of our hope. And I think that's the first reality we have to consider is what is the foundation or the bedrock of our hope. The bedrock is the surface that is underneath all the loose soil. In this case, the bedrock of our hope is what is our hope anchored in. If we anchor our hope in something that is temporary, it will not last when the trials of life come. For instance, we could put our hope in our health, but you know, that's all temporary because at any given time, I could lose my health. I could lose my vision. I could lose my hearing. I could lose my ability to walk. I could lose my ability to talk. Uh, any of those things could be lost in an instant. I could lose a business. I could lose money. I could lose family or friends. Those are all things that we can lose in a moment's notice. So the bedrock of our hope cannot be in any of those things. And so Peter tells us in his opening words of his letter, and I want to read this to us to see what was the bedrock that the Jewish Christians put their hope in. And it's the same bedrock that we should be putting our hope in. Peter says this in his opening chapter in 1 Peter, verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's amazing in itself that he's talking about praising and blessing God in the midst of suffering, in the midst of all of this pain and persecution. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why was he doing that? Because he gets to the bedrock Here's what he says, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So here is the bedrock that Peter gives the Jewish Christians and the bedrock that he gives to us today, even in the midst of a pandemic. The bedrock of our hope is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, one theologian said it this way. He said, if you go to the Gospel of Matthew and you were to remove the resurrection from the Gospel of Matthew, the whole Gospel would be emptied of its meaning. The Sermon on the Mount, all the preaching and teaching that was done through the Sermon on the Mount, all of the other teaching that was done through the Gospel of Matthew would be meaningless. In fact, the rest of Scripture would be meaningless apart from the resurrection of Christ. That is where our bedrock is. That is where our hope is. So Peter blesses God and rejoices in what God has done. You see, blessing was a, a constant element in Jewish prayers. In fact, they had 18 benedictions that were recited three times a day in the synagogue, and each of which ended with the refrain, Blessed be thou, O Lord. And so what is Peter wanting the Jewish Christians to bless God for? Peter is asking them to bless God for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ 
because it is through his death and resurrection that we have hope, a living hope. That is the one thing that does not change with the stock market, with my health, with my wealth, with my job. Nothing can alter the death and resurrection of Christ. It is not only a historical fact, it is a biblical fact that is the bedrock of our faith. So let me encourage you in the midst of this pandemic to bless God this week. Bless God this week by thanking Him for the many blessings He has poured into our lives. And at the top of the list should be the death and resurrection of Christ. But let me give you some others. As we had the, uh, our governor asked us for a day of prayer this past week, I, I took out a tablet and I began to jot down blessings of God in, in my life, A through Z. Now, some of those were kind of tough, especially when you get to letters like X and Z. Some of those get a little tough. But let me give you an example. And, and it can be anything. It can be, the, you know, godly things, but also just other things that God has blessed us with. I put down for A, advocate, that Jesus is our advocate. We have an advocate with the Father in Jesus. But also, I'm thankful for airplanes, that we can travel. I'm thankful for apple crisp. <laughs> I love apple crisp. Um, art, the beauty of art. Um, and then you can even get down to the tiny things that we never really take time to thank God for. Let me give you an example. I, I, I haven't thank God for this recently until I wrote it down. Um, have you thanked God recently for your Achilles tendon? Something like that that is so simple, but yet if there was a problem with your Achilles tendon, you wouldn't be able to walk. And there are so many things that we don't thank God for that we just take for granted. Um, that tough band of fibrous tissue that connects our calf muscles to our heel bone is so important. And so God has blessed us. And then I got to the B, Bible, burgers, bacon, and baklava. Yeah, I know, I started listing a lot of food. I thought, man, I better be careful here. Uh, but, you know, just the blessings of God, covenant for C, church, community, creation, and yes, coffee. Some people are very grateful for coffee. Um, and I had to put down carrot cake. I mean, you know, all those things. I got to E, encouragement, the empty tomb. I'm skipping over some because I'm not going to do all these. Uh, but there are so many things that God has blessed us with. And we need to re be reminded to bless God, even in the midst of a pandemic, even as the Jewish Christians were blessing God as well. Well, he goes on to say, the bedrock of our hope is the death and resurrection of Christ. Why? Because of the new birth you see, it was the death and resurrection of Christ that paid the price for our redemption, that we can be born again, as the Scripture says, to have new birth. How do we receive this new birth? Well, he tells us it is through God's great mercy. God saw us in our hopeless condition. Our condition was one of deadness. We were spiritually dead. The Bible says that we are born spiritually dead. He tells us that in Ephesians. He says, as for you, in Ephesians 2, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, 
gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Because of our sin that separated us from God, the Bible says we were born spiritually dead. And that separation, because God hates sin. But then he doesn't stop there with his hatred of sin. He provided a way for you and I to have new life, to have spiritual life. And here's what he says. He goes on to say in Ephesians 2, 4, But God, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions for it is by grace you have been saved. So it is the grace of God, it is the mercy of God that reaches out to us in our sinfulness, in our deadness to give us life. That is the bedrock of my hope. It is the bedrock of your hope if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. He tells us in 1 Peter 1, 23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. You see, it is through the Word of God that I come to realize I'm a sinner. I come face to face with my sin, that I have violated a holy God, that I have sinned against Him, and I deserve eternal wrath, eternal judgment. But God, in His mercy and grace, came to me in my misery in my sinfulness and brought me life. I'm reminded of the Israelites when they were in Egypt and after Joseph died, it said there was another king who arose and, and the Israelites started growing the population and, and so then they began to oppress them and they were held as slaves for 400 years in Egyptian bondage. And how did they get out of that bondage? The Bible says in Exodus 3, verse 7, that God came to their rescue and delivered them. Why did God come to their rescue? Because He saw their misery, the Bible says. He heard their cry. He heard their hurt and their pain and their hopelessness, and He cared about their situation. You see, that's what mercy does. Mercy moves toward misery. God saw us in our miserable condition, our sinfulness, our lostness, our brokenness, and He moved toward us. We didn't move toward Him. He moved toward us so that we could have a living hope through the new birth through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. You see, God's purpose in giving us new life in allowing us to be born again, so we're born physically, but then we're born spiritually, the purpose of being born again is to give us this living hope. Ephesians 2.12 says, remember that at that time, before you were a Christian, you were separate from Christ without hope and without God in the world. And that's why 1 John tells us that he who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son does not have life. And that's why we have a living hope, because we have the life of Christ in us when we are born again. When we receive this new birth, the Holy Spirit comes and resides inside of us, and we have new life in Christ. And that is the bedrock of our faith. And it's because of the death and resurrection of Christ. Christ died for our sin. 
paid the penalty for our sin that we could be forgiven. Jesus also spoke to a Jewish ruler in John chapter 3. This Jewish ruler came to Jesus and he was wondering about all this teaching that Jesus was doing. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Jesus goes on to tell Nicodemus that he has to be born not just physically, but he has to be born spiritually. He talks about being born of water, physical, and then being born of the Spirit, spiritual. And that's what the new birth is. It is a spiritual life that we have because we're spiritually dead and we move from death to life. From hopelessness to hope. That's what God takes us from. From bondage to freedom. From misery to His mercy. God gives us that. In fact, He tells us in Titus 3.5, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And then that gives us this living hope, which is characterized by a firmness and certainty. It is the bedrock that we have is through the death and resurrection of Christ. You see, the means for the new birth and living hope is the resurrected Christ. Well, I want to talk about a second aspect that will bring great hope to us, this living hope that Peter encouraged the Jewish Christians with in Asia Minor, and he encourages us with today, is the blessing of our hope is God's gifts to us. God's gifts to us. We have, first of all, the gift of inheritance. Notice he says here in this passage that we have, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven, reserved for you. That's what God has done for us. He has given us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is a future, the future of our salvation, after this life, eternal life. This inheritance encourages our hope. I know that I will be taken care of, not only today, I will be taken care of for eternity because I have an inheritance in Christ that can never be taken away from me. Our hope is encouraged by God's care for us. He tells us in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, now remember these Christians are under persecution. Some are dying for their faith. And he tells them, cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. That's the privilege we have today because of the inheritance, the salvation, the new birth that we have in Christ, that we can cast all our care, all our fear, all our anxiety on Christ because he cares for us. He says this inheritance can never perish, spoil, or fade. I like how one commentator said it. He said that our inheritance is untouched by death. It is unstained by evil, and it is unimpaired by time. It is death-proof. It is sin-proof, and it is time-proof. It already exists. It is reserved and preserved for us. 
Whatever we face today cannot threaten the cancellation of this inheritance. It is reserved for us and preserved for us by God. Now, I know when we moved here almost 10 years ago, we made our first stop in West Virginia. And, of course, there are a lot of jokes back east about West Virginia. A lot of jokes. I mean, you know, the joke is, uh, how does a West Virginian know where to build their house? And the answer is, wherever their car breaks down. And the reason for that is, if you drive through West Virginia, you see a lot of broken down cars in people's yards. So, I'm sure they don't appreciate that, but that's one of the jokes. I'm not going to tell any more. Um, but the reservation, we went to make a reservation in a hotel as we were going through West Virginia, and we couldn't get a room. I couldn't believe it. I mean, every hotel room was booked. I thought, what in the world? There's not much going on in West Virginia. Well, then we learned through the news, because we were traveling, we hadn't seen the news, that the U.S. Senator Byrd had passed away. And so all the dignitaries and everybody had come to West Virginia, and we couldn't get a reservation. Thank the Lord, those of us who have the new birth there's a reservation. <laughs> and it is secure. It is certain. You see, I have a reservation in heaven with my name on it, Roy Burkett. And if you've given your life to Christ, you have a reservation in heaven with your name on it. And it is certain. Because as a young boy, I recognized I was a sinner and was lost. And I needed a savior. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I asked him to forgive me of my sin, come into my life, and make me a new person. And because of that, I have a future guarantee of a salvation for eternity through Christ. That's the bedrock of our hope. We not only have the gift of an inheritance, we have the gift of protection he goes on to say that we are shielded by God's power. Shielded by God's power. That's a military term. It means that we, it is protected. We are protected by God. Uh, this describes how soldiers guard someone. That God has placed a host of troops, as it were, around us to protect us. And it's in the present tense, which means it's continual nature of this shielding. Now, here's what we have to be careful we have to understand. This shielding that he's talking about here is, does not mean that we are shielded from pain, sickness, or trials, because certainly the Jewish Christians were facing all of that. The shielding that he is talking about here is that God is guarding our salvation. He has shielded our salvation. It cannot, and our inheritance, it cannot be stripped away from us. God has protected our salvation and our inheritance for eternity. What great hope that gives us for tomorrow. Just as he told, Paul told the Philippians, the peace of God which transcends all understandings will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That guarding, that protecting, that shielding that God does for us as believers. You see, God's power is the source of the believer's protection and faith is the means by which the power works, our faith in God. Well, another gift that God has given to us is the gift of faith, a steadfast loyalty 
a commitment and trust in God. And I want to give you seven things, briefly, that in faith I am looking to the Lord for each day. And I trust maybe you'll jot these down. And each day, as you face each new day, would you consider as you look to the Lord, that these would be things that you would look to the Lord for. The first one is, each day I look to the Lord for His grace to strengthen me. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.1, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. But that strength comes through grace. And the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. So as we humble ourselves and come before the Lord each day, He is going to give us the daily grace. It doesn't matter what the day holds. I know who holds today. And it's the grace of God that will hold us and keep us each day. So each day I look to the Lord for His grace to strengthen me. It strengthens me to say, yes to God, to say yes to His Word. It also strengthens me to say no to temptation, no to evil. Through the grace of God, not my own strength, the grace of God that strengthens me. To face trials, He gives us strength. The second thing, each day I look to the Lord, secondly, for His mercy to sustain me. It is the mercy of God that sustains us. We just talked about that a moment ago. In His great mercy, He gave us this new birth into a living hope. And through that mercy, that mercy is the the tool that sustains us. He tells us in Lamentations 3, 22, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's mercy is new every morning. And so we can look to the Lord every day for that mercy. Thirdly, we can look to the Lord for His love to surround me. For His love to surround me. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, it says that we may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Think about that, how long and wide and high and deep is the love of God. It surrounds us, His love, and what security there is in that love. Fourthly, each day I look to the Lord for His peace to settle me, His peace to settle me. The verse I read a moment ago in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pray for God's peace to settle your spirit, to calm your fears, to settle your anxiety. The peace of God will do that. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, the Bible says. Number five, each day I look to the Lord for his care to secure me. The Bible says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so his care will give us that sense of security that we need that cannot come from any other place except our great high priest. Six, each day I look to the Lord for his power to shield me. 
Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. His power to shield us. And then lastly, number seven, each day I look to the Lord for his presence to steady me. The psalmist said it this way, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or how one version says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's a comfort to know that we don't walk alone. And I'm reminded of that poem, Footprints in the Sand. It was when there was only one set of footprints that was then that God carried us. And so as we face this uncertain days with this pandemic and this virus, just as the Jewish Christians were facing their persecution and hardships, the bedrock of our hope has to be the death and resurrection of Christ which gives us access to his mercy that we can experience the new birth. And with that new birth, we have an inheritance that is shielded and protected by God. And we have the blessings of God of that inheritance, of faith, of eternal life. And we have all of these things his grace, his mercy, his love, his peace, his care, his power, and his presence. We serve a risen Savior who is alive today to save us, to keep us. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, perhaps this is the day you tuned into our service and God brought you here to bring you to personal salvation where you confess your sin to God. And you might say, you know what, I don't even understand all this. I, I'm a skeptic. I have doubts. I, I, I don't understand it all. You don't have to understand it all. All you have to know is that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And come to that understanding. He died for you personally. He shed his blood for you so that you could be forgiven of your sin. You confess that sin to God and say, God, I'm a sinner I realize I have done wrong in my life and I'm sorry for my sin. I'm grieved over that sin. But God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross on that Good Friday. And on Easter Sunday, he rose from the grave, victorious over death, hell, the grave, sin. He defeated it all so that you and I could have a living hope. And you can ask Christ to give you that living hope today. And if you do that, please contact our church. We would like to help you grow in your new walk with Christ. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.